Are you looking for a licensed realtor who can provide real estate services to home buyers, sellers, investors, and renters in the state of Michigan and Georgia? You are? How about a licensed realtor whose mission is to provide you with guidance, education, customer service, and expertise in real estate? I know someone who can help. His name is John Pendleton. He's a licensed realtor with EXP Realty, LLC. And he's here to provide his time and commitment to work for you. Whether you want to sell, invest, or buy, John Pendleton is your guy. You can find John's contact information in the description box of this episode. Are you looking to buy a home in the next six months? Dr. Janae Stokes, the financial coach, can help you get home loan financing or refinancing if you are already a homeowner. She can also help increase your credit score to get the lowest interest rates available. So connect with Dr. Janae Stokes, the financial coach, using the links in the description box below. All right, now let's get into the episode. Shalom Aleikim. Shalom Aleikim to everybody tuning in to another episode of the Kingdom Basora podcast. I'm your host and the steward over this podcast. My name is Yoel, meaning Israel, and it's always a pleasure and honor and a blessing to be able to podcast and to share um, the good news about the kingdom of heaven, uh, because as you all know, for those who have been tuning in and listening to this podcast for some time now, um, for the past uh, two seasons, we're now in season three. Um, we know that the anchor scripture of this podcast is found in what I affectionately call, many call it the Bible, um, the Tanakh, the Brit Kadashah, um, the Holy Writs, the Holy Scriptures, the Hebrew Bible. Um, I affectionately like to call it the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution. And when we look at uh, Matitya 4 and article number 17, this is the anchor scripture or anchor, anchor article um, that this entire podcast is predicated upon and and deeply rooted and um, embedded in. And that says, and I love to read it, says, from that time, Yahshua began to preach and to say, repent, because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. Now, many may say, well, Yoel, when I read my Bible, my Bible translation, whether especially if it's the KJV or any other, um, English Bible translation out there, the NLT, CEV, Complete Jewish Bible, um, the uh, Et Aleph Ta Sefer, the Sefer Bible, um, TS 2009. Uh, they may say, well, I don't, I don't see the word, uh, I don't see that phraseology there that you just used, that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And that's very true. 
uh, for the most part, we're not going to see it in the English translations, but we do see it when we look at Matitya 4, Article 17 in the original biblical Hebrew. And then because in the Hebrew, it says, Yahshua says, Shubu ki hagia makuta shamayim, which means change the way you think, change your mindset. Yes, turn from sin, um, turn from a lifestyle, a way of life characterized by sinning because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And that Hebrew word there, Hagia, um, is spelled in the Hebrew with the Hebrew characters, Hey, Gimel, Yod, Ayin, Hey. This Hebrew word means arrived in the past tense. It's third person past tense. And so that's essentially what Yahshua was saying is that the kingdom of heaven has arrived. He said this two millennia ago during his first advent when he first walked heaven's crown land called earth. And so this is the anchor article or anchor scripture of this entire podcast. And leaning into season three, we're now in season three. This is episode number 10. And for those who may not be aware, for those who are already aware, this is going to be a reiteration to you all. Um, in season three, what I'm doing is doing my best to exegete the culture. And by the culture, I mean pop culture and looking at the happenings and the trends of what's going on within pop culture. Um, I try to do my best specifically in American pop culture, and I try to niche it down to um, uh, Black America, quote unquote, and uh, the lost sheep of, of the House of Israel. Um, but today, I, I want to, I'm definitely going to talk all about a pop cultural piece um, in this episode. And I believe this, this, this show definitely has caught the attention of the lost sheep of the house of Israel, um, especially those who profess Christianity and subscribe to churchianity or practice a religion that connects them back to the Bible, to the kingdom of heaven constitution. And that is, this particular show is called The Chosen. And so the episode title for this particular installment is called entitled The Book of the Chosen. The Book of the Chosen. And so essentially what I want to do is I want to answer mainly two questions um, that I'm not only posing to myself, but I want to pose it to you all as well, uh, the listening audience, those of you all who are listening um, to this podcast episode in particular, The Chosen. And so I do want to give just a little bit of backdrop information regarding The Chosen and um, my engagement with the, this uh, Bible series, with some call fa biblical fan fiction, uh, and this this series that has become just wildly popular within pop culture. And so just to articulate with you all my engagement and my interaction and my encounter 
with this show called The Chosen, I, I remember back in 2020, uh, which I'm sure was a it was a very interesting year for a lot of people, because uh, this was the year that the world essentially shut down due to a pandemic called COVID-19. And during this time in 2020, uh, I, I had heard whisperings about this show, um, The Chosen. And I heard that it, it was a biblical show and it was predicated upon the life of uh, who they call um, Jesus, Jesus Christ. And, but it was showing it through showing his ministry through the lens of the people that interacted with him, um, through the lens and through the eyes of his Talmudim, his disciples, his students, and uh, those who became followers, um, and the, the laity, um, uh, Am Ha'aretz in the Hebrew, the people of the land who came to believe in him and to believe in uh, him as the Messiah, the prophesied and promised Messiah that was written about in the Tanakh within the Torah, um, the kingdom Torah, the kingdom prophets, and the kingdom Ketubim or the kingdom writings as well. And so going into it, I'll be honest with you all, um, I, I don't really fancy a lot of uh, Christian uh, episodic shows. Probably the only one that um, really got my attention was uh, there was a show I believe it was called the Bible AD, um, and they did they did a pretty good job at telling the narrative, the biblical narrative. Um, and and right now I'm, I'm checking myself, I'm fact checking myself on this laptop. Um, but this this show, I, yeah, it was called AD AD. The Bible continues, and. Yeah, this American biblical drama was a television miniseries predicated on the Bible. Um, and so this particular miniseries, uh, they they did a pretty good job, like I say, came out in 2015. Um, and the portrayals of the different characters uh, was was not um, cheesy, it, it wasn't uh, boring and it wasn't dull and void or vapid. Um, it, it was actually actually pretty it was actually pretty good. Um, it's actually pretty good and, and, and a pretty decent um, show. Uh, minus some things that are problematic, which overlap with the chosen, um, which I'm, I'm definitely going to articulate in detail more within this episode. But typically, yeah, typically Christian shows um, and biblical shows in, in general, faith-based media, um, for the most part, there's a stereotype that it does ring true and this trope that they're, they're cheesy, they're corny, um, they're very cliche, um, they, uh, they're very preachy, um, they hit hard on, on the nose when it comes to um, trying to convert people to a religion, 
So specifically the religion of Christianity uh, as well. And uh, they also preach a, a false good news message, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, also, but during 2020, uh, this show, The Chosen, I, I vividly remember watching uh, an episode. And this was around a time uh, during 2020 when I was, um, King Yahweh was definitely transitioning me from corporate America into really, um, now as I understand it, to becoming a kingdom entrepreneur. Um, and he did that in stages. He did that uh, through different echelons and different levels um, progressively. Because uh, he, was, he was transitioning me from the job I had in corporate America um, to the gig economy. Um, I, I began to DoorDash um, during 2020, the pandemic, and it was very lucrative to DoorDash during the pandemic because nobody wanted to go outside. Everybody was uh, just terrified uh, due to the fear mongering that have that was being pushed out by uh, mainstream media and news outlets. Um, this COVID-19 pandemic was very disorienting because this thing was so novel. This had never happened before. Um, the world had never shut down like this ever in the history of pandemics. Um, and so when it really hit and, and when COVID-19 touched down in the States, in North America and South America and Central America as well, and everything shut down just worldwide. Uh, it was really, um, it was really a scary time for a lot of people and really intimidating and, uh, uh, like I said, disorienting as well. So nobody wanted to go outside. Nobody, you know, it was the whole, um, the protocol was six feet, social distancing, uh, wash your hands uh, very fervently and habitually and feverishly. Um, and take all the precautionary measures, wear a mask, uh, go 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 get the get the jab, and things of that nature. And so, as I was transitioning from corporate America, King Yahweh was was helping me to make my one man exodus from corporate America and to go into the gig economy to eventually become a kingdom entrepreneur. I saw this show, uh, The Chosen, and so the scene that, that I saw, um, which, and I'll, I'll be completely honest and um, transparent with you all and vulnerable, vulnerable with you all, was the scene with um, the, the guy who plays Shimon Bariona, um, AKA Peter. He was out there fishing and he was fishing at nighttime because I later learned that fishermen, um, they always fish during the nighttime um, because, um, it's more advantageous and there's a science to it um, because when the waters hit the, when the, uh, when the sunlight hits the waters uh, in Galilee or in the Galil, then it makes it um, so transparent and translucent that the fish can see the dragnet or the fishnet coming a mile away. So it's easy for them to swim um, and swim away from that dragnet. But during the nighttime, um, it's, it's harder for them. It, it really decreases the fish's visibility um, so it's easier for the fishermen to catch the fish. So it's it's a whole science uh, behind uh, fishing. And actually, what I want to do is I feel like I want to read that really quick. Um, in the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution, 
And the book of Hebrew in the Hebrew is called Eli or, but many know it as Luke chapter five. And I want to look at, let's see, I want to read article one, two, and let's see, let's see. Uh, one, two, my favorite, what I'm doing, I'm going to read articles one through five. And so it says, and it came to happen that as the people pressed upon him, Yahshua, to hear the word of Elohim or God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. So he's standing by this lake, which is also um, other translations, uh, Galilee, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen had stepped out of the ships and they were washing their nets. And he, Yahshua, entered into one of the ships, which belonged to Shimon, right? Shimon by Yonah, or Peter, and asked him if he would thrust out a little from the land. And Yahshua sat down and taught the people uh, out of the ship. Now, when he had finished speaking, he said to Shimon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Eli or 5, article 5 says, And Shimon answering said to him, Adon, or owner, we have toiled or worked all the night, all the night. So the fishermen, they always had the night shift due to um, the nighttime. Under the covers of night, it was easier for them to catch the fish because the sunlight, when it hit the uh, waters of, of Galileo or Galilee, um, the fish could see it in the daytime, but at nighttime it was harder uh, for the fish to see. So, so they, they had um, they had the upper hand; they had leverage over the fish. Uh, so it says um, they've worked all night and have taken. We have toiled all night, worked all night, worked our night shift, and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And then the miracle happens in Article 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. And so the Chosen, I will say and be honest, um, the Chosen, that they did a, they do an excellent job at portraying this visually and in a very cinematic and dramatic way um, that's very visually captivating and engaging for the viewership watching this, including myself. Um, and so as... As a man of Israelite descent, um, this, you know, that didn't make me immune to being drawn into this show um, and watching, watching The Chosen. And so that, that scene did, honestly, that scene ministered to me and that, that scene um, really did uh, minister to me in a way to where it was like uh, you have... And, and also, this is another thing, another thing that The Chosen does that's really excellent, is they do a great job at humanizing these characters that are around, um, the, I'll put it this way, The Chosen's iteration of the Messiah, because um, it's definitely not the biblical Yahshua HaMashiach, um, for sure. But The Chosen's iteration of the Messiah, um, they do an excellent job at humanizing the people that are around him and making them not just flat vanilla characters that are just boring and 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 dull, but making them three-dimensional characters and showing them as real people 
going through real situations in real life during this this show called The Chosen. And so here you had um, the way that they set it up within the show. Um, you had Shimon Bar-Yona, you had Peter, who had a, a debt to pay. And I believe he was in debt due to taxes. He owed the Kingdom of Rome government some a large sum of, of taxes. And so he was out fishing and he had to, he told his wife, um, who they call in the show Eden, that, uh, and this totally, totally definitely a spoiler, spoiler alert for those who haven't, haven't seen it yet. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, you're probably gonna fast forward to this part. Um, but he was out there fishing at night and he wasn't catching anything. And he got mad at King Yahweh and he was, um yelling yelling at uh yelling at King Yahweh in this scene expressing how angry he was um during this scene and it was very interesting to see cuz we I had never seen um anything portrayed like that within any uh American biblical drama television miniseries regarding uh this particular character um Shimon Bar-Yona and so fast forward to what I just read in Luke or, or Eli or five articles one through six. We have the scene where the actor Jonathan Rumi walks up and um, the miracle is performed. Uh, he launches out, he puts his net in the sea in broad daylight. Uh, and so everything is counterintuitive. And the line, one of the taglines in the, in the chosen is get used to different. Uh, and so this definitely is different, uh, for sure. And so he launches out, he throws his net in broad daylight, and they, they look at each other and they exchange looks. And then the ship begins to dip a little bit because um, there's a bunch of fish that have, that have swam into the net. And he, uh, Shimon Barione, he calls over his fishing buddies, uh, Yokanan Ben Zebedee and Yaakov Ben Zebedee. Uh, and their father's everybody, he's in the scene as well. They're running and they're helping them with this um, dragnet that's just filled with fish. And, you know, the music plays and it's dramatic and it's cinematic. And it's very emotionally evocative, evocative. And uh, Shimon Bayona, he breaks down in tears and he's uh, telling them the, the, uh, the Chosen's iteration of the, the Mashiach to get away from him. He's a sinner doesn't know what he's done. And the the Chosen's iteration of, of the Messiah, Jonathan Rumi, um, he speaks to him and he says, you're going to be fisher, you're going to be, uh, become a fisher of men from now on. Um, and he said he's going to, he's going to separate the fish later. And so that, that scene it actually did minister to me because uh, I, I was, I was to be honest, I was worrying about money. Um, I, I was looking for um, a, a job during that time. And I was on medium.com, just scrolling through uh, medium.com, which eventually I became a writer, I still am on medium.com, just writing articles. But I came across this article that was talking about DoorDash. And I had never heard of DoorDash or the gig economy ever until this article. It was talking about um, ways to curate passive income. I think it was like 20 different ways or 12 different ways or something along the along those lines. 
Um, and so watching that scene did give me hope because I thought in my mind that um, I was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, King Yahweh does provide, and he does provide when we're in a situation, when we're in, in the midst of these trials, these tests, and these tribulations. And so uh, when I was going through this uh, trial of transitioning and looking for, seeking financial security, um, this it definitely was a calming reminder to me that, um, as we read about in Bereshit 22, Article 14, I think I'll read that right now in Genesis, just reminded me uh, that the king that I worship and the king that I serve, King Yahweh, he always, always going to provide. Um, even in the midst of the darkest and bleakest situations, he's always going to continue to provide. Same way he did for um, Abraham uh, Abinu, uh, Abraham our father. Um, the Hebrew patriarch, as it says, is here in Bereshit 22 or Genesis 22, Article 14. Actually, I'll go up to 13. It says, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up as a burnt offering in the place of his son Yitzchak, or Isaac, and Abraham called the name of that place Yahweh Yireh, as it is said today, on this mountain, Yahweh, King Yahweh will provide, or will be seen in some, in the KJV translation. And so, despite all the, the problematic dynamics with the chosen, that particular scene was my main introduction, my, my main introduction to the chosen, even though I, I had watched um, episodes one, the inaugural episode, the pilot episode, season one, episode one, and the subsequent episodes um, as well. Uh, but with that being said, um, I have two questions, two questions that I'm really going to engage. And I, I would love to hear you all's feedback on this as well. Uh, and to hear what you are thinking, I'm probably going to put a poll up um, at the end of this episode um, to engage you all on the listenership that's listening to this. Two questions I want to ask about this show, The Chosen. Um, I'll be honest, I, I do have a, um, am, ambivalent uh, mixed feelings about The Chosen, kind of like a love-hate relationship with The Chosen. Um, but I, I'll go more into that uh, as the episode continues. So I have two questions and I have some quotables from some um, from some people that I want to share with you all. And of course, we're going to uh, read the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution to shine a Kingdom of Heaven light on this particular pop cultural phenomenon called The Chosen um, that I believe is definitely affecting both um, not just a white America, but black America and the lost sheep of the House of Israel as well. And so with that being said, um, before I continue, I want to share this with you all. Um, I want to share this audio, these audio clips uh, with you all. And on the other side of these audio clips, we're going to talk more about this particular show uh, called The Chosen and these quotes from um, a very well-known doctor and um, a YouTuber that is an avid commentator on 
this show, The Chosen, and also some people who are intimately um, engaged in making The Chosen a thing and um, hands-on when it comes to producing the show and getting the show out there for not tens, not hundreds, but not thousands, but uh, millions of people to view, right? And so uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about that more on the Kingdom of Sora podcast. Um, but first, uh, what I want to do is I want to share this with you all. And so uh, please stay tuned um, and check out these um, audio clips that, that I'm about to play. And I will talk with you all on the other side of these words. Are you a Hebrew parent that's looking to instill some righteous fun in the lives of your little ones? Then look no further than the coloring books authored by Shakaha Hanana. Her wrapped in beauty, virtuous daughters, and righteous sons coloring books will give your sons and daughters a chance to enjoy the Bible through coloring and creativity. She has also authored a children's storybook entitled The Land of Hearts. This story centers around wise hearts, sick hearts, broken hearts, and their companions as they embark on a journey to meet the king of hearts in the great city. To order Shakaha's coloring books and The Land of Hearts, please contact her using the links in the description box below. Have you been struggling with the spirit of fear? Do you have dreams, ambitions, and goals that you want to accomplish, but fear continues to keep you stagnant? Shift from fear to faith, facing adversity and winning at life. Authored by Davina Stallworth will help you conquer that fear through faith in King Yahweh. If you're ready to become a champion in life, add Davina Stallworth's book to your library today by using the links in the description box below. Would you say that your physical health is important to you? How about your financial, personal, and mental health? State certified financial advisor and the author of Why is the Church So Unhealthy? and The Health Quadrant, Tim Ferguson Jr. wants to help individuals like you. Tim is a crusader with a heart to help others with his two published books, 30 plus years of physical health slash nutrition savviness and 20 plus years of financial expertise. Ready to live your healthiest life? Then connect with Tim using the information 
in the description box below. All right, so the first question that I have, and I want to pose to us, and of course, um, this, this question is definitely uh, pertinent and germane to the conversation when it comes to uh, the chosen. And so I, I was watching uh, this YouTuber um, by the name of Ruslan, and he played a clip uh, regarding um, Dr. Bodhi Bokum. And he was talking, Dr. Bodhi Bokum was on a podcast, the Babylon Bee podcast, which is a, um, a, a satirical um, Christian website. Uh, and during this podcast interview, this podcast conversation, one of the hosts, of the Babylon B podcast, he posed a question, or actually he brought he brought it up. Uh, he brought up the chosen to Doctor Bodhi Bokum, and I want to read this quote for you all that Doctor Bodhi Bokum said regarding uh, the chosen, regarding this um, American biblical miniseries. So he said. He said, and I quote, is Dr. Bodhi Bokum. He said, see, that's another deal. You asked me about my line. You said the chosen. That's a line I draw. He said, um, and then the guy was asking more like, he said, like, have you ever seen the chosen? Have you ever watched it? Have you ever viewed it? And Dr. Bodhi Bokum, he responded by saying, 2CV, man, 2CV. And so 2CV basically um, is a shorthand. He was saying, um, 2CV, second commandment violation, right? Second commandment violation. He says, yeah, uh, portraying Jesus as idolatry. So what I want to do is I want to read this um, straight from the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution. So while I'm turning there, I want to pose a question to us all. Is this true? Is this pop cultural phenomenon? called the chosen, is it a violation of the second commandment that we find within the kingdom of heaven constitution? And so what I wanna do is I wanna read that for us just so we have um, some more context and that we know exactly what the kingdom of heaven constitution is talking about when it comes to the second commandment, right? So actually what I'm gonna do is I wanna start with uh, the very first, uh, the very first verse or the very first article within this particular um, uh, subsection. So it's 20, Shemot 20. I'm going to read articles 1 all the way through 6. So it says, And Elohim, or God, spoke all these words, saying, I am Yahweh Eloheka. I am Yahweh your judge who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, Egypt being a kingdom back then, out of the house of slavery. And then it goes on to say, you will have no other gods before me. You will not make for yourselves any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above 
so it's in the kingdom of heaven above and the skies above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you will not bow down yourself to them nor serve them because i yahweh eloheka yahweh your judge am a jealous el or a jealous judge visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy to thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And so this is the, the second commandment that Dr. Vody Bokum was speaking about when he was given his reasons as to why he doesn't watch the chosen or he's not going to give the chosen his his um his viewership at all and there's another interview that he did where he was talking with the gentleman and they were talking about uh the black lives black lives matter movement and um he was basically saying that yeah he was saying you know uh i don't want to see any pictures of jesus christ uh whether whether it's white or whether it's melanated um, he says that um, either way, that's a, that's a violation of the second commandment, which is to um, make, he called that a graven image uh, when he was talking to the um, the correspondent or the in, uh, interlocutor that was having a conversation with him um, in that particular interview. Uh, and that was a pretty heated um, exchange that they had. Well, it was a pretty passionate, passionate exchange that they were having. Um, and so he said that, yeah, he says, you know, I, I don't really want to support or watch anything that's violating the second commandment. And so the question that I have for us is, is that true? Is that true? Do you all agree with Dr. Bodie Bochum, um when he says is that this is as this show is violating the second commandment that's in the kingdom of heaven constitution? And that it is idolatry is creating idols within the mind or within the psyche of people so i also want to read some more quotes from a gentleman who uh he's he's an avid commentator on the chosen he has it on the chosen show he has a youtube channel it's called the snipe life and um his name is brandon i don't i don't know his last name of his name is Brandon. And I want to read these quotes because I found this very interesting uh, when he was giving uh, his commentary on The Chosen. And he's done a video now, which is uh, it's entitled, um, he's, he's voicing his concern regarding The Chosen. He's, he's basically saying that um, he's concerned regarding uh, the the overall effect of the chosen tv show so i, I want to read this for you all so this is one this is one quote uh from brandon uh the host of the snipe life youtube channel and so he was saying and i quote he says now while one side will not give the chosen any attention because they believe it's a violation of the second commandment. So once again, 
um, you do have some people who say that, you know, that they're not going to uh, watch it at all because to them it is a violation of the second commandment. The quote goes on to say, the other side here is the complete opposite, where there is almost a worship of the show and some of the actors as well, specifically Jonathan Rumi. Then he goes on to say, within the same YouTube video, uh, and I quote, he says, I remember specifically, I got a DM on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere talking about prayer. And when this person prays, they started to imagine Jonathan Rumi in their minds. And they asked me if this was wrong. It could be really, really dangerous, Brandon went on to say, if you create this idol in your life. And he went on to say also uh, later on in the video, I, I have seen the chosen lead people back to Christ time and time again. And then he uh, they posed a very interesting question, um, a very pertinent question that I think it, it benefits and behooves everybody who watches The Chosen to ask themselves, are you, and I, he says this, are you worshiping The Chosen or are you worshiping God? And I really want to touch on, on this word worship as well. But before I do that, um, I want to go to an instance where we do see an episode of worship going on within the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution. And so many will be familiar with this passage. This is the Golden Calf episode, um, or if you were to do some more research, uh, the when the Israelites, my Israelite ancestors, began to worship Apis the bull. Um, this is a, an, an idol that is part and parcel of the Egyptian pantheon. Um, the kingdom of Egypt which th that they had just left, and they saw these 10 plagues and King Yahweh split um, Yam Su for the Reed Sea uh, as well uh, through Moshe. So they, they, they have witnessed all these uh, just unparalleled miracles and seeing the kingdom of heaven in motion, in action, in real time. And we get to Shemot 32, and I'm going to start with Article 1 and read, uh, read all, the way, all the way to Article number 14. So after they see all these miracles and King Yahweh um, really moving and acting on their behalf, this, this is what happens. And it says in Shemot 32, uh, Article 1, it says, and when the people saw that Moshe delayed to come down out from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aharon and said to him, up or get up and make us gods who will go before us. Because for this Moshe, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. And Aharon said to them, break off the golden earrings 
which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them to me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings that were in their ears and brought them to Aharon. And he received them out of their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it into a molten calf or a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who have brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aharon saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aharon made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to King Yahweh. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and got up early to play. And if you were to do a word study on that word play, it has definitely has a sexual connotation to that word play. And so Article 7 says in Shemot 32, And King Yahweh said to Moshe, Go, get yourself down, because your people, who you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly from the way that I commanded them. They have made themselves a molten calf or golden calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who have brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And King Yahweh said to Moshe, I have seen this people, and look, they are a stiff-necked people. Now therefore leave me alone, so my anger may wax hot against them, and so I can consume them. And I will make out of you, referring to Moshe, a great nation. And Moshe begged King Yahweh, his judge, and said, King Yahweh, why does your anger wax hot against your people, who you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief? Did he bring them out to kill them in these mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger and relent of this evil against your people. Remember Abraham, Yitzchak, and Israel, your servants, who you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this land that I have spoken so I've spoken about I will give to your seed and they will inherit it they will inherit this land forever and king Yahweh relented of the evil that he thought to do to his people and so this is definitely an episode of in an instance of idolatry and my Israel, my Israelite ancestors worshiping a a graven image that Aharon Kohen HaGadol the high priest had fashioned and he made Apis the bull or the golden calf and they bowed down and they worshiped 
this golden calf. And actually, before I give, um, I want, want to say something about this, but I want to read another passage as well that talks about uh, idolatry and false worship too. This is in the book of Bamidbar or Numbers uh, 25, and I want to read articles 1 through 3. And so it says, And Israel stayed in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab, so with the Moabite women. And they called the people to sacrifice to, to the sacrifices of their gods. And the people began to eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself to Baal Peor, which is a false god and idol. And the angle and, and the angle, the anger of King Yahweh was kindled against Israel. And so what I want to submit to us and I want to articulate to us is that the golden calf I would articulate was a thought in the ideation and in the mind and in the psyche of the Israelites before it ever materialized into this tangible, tactile thing that is Apis the bull or the golden calf. I also want to submit to us, those who are listening, kingdom citizens, the kingdom men, the kingdom women listening, and those who are um, considering citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, that in Numbers or in Bamidbar 25 articles 1 through 3, bef that before the Israelites enjoin themselves to play the harlot with the Moabite women and to engage in idolatry with their gods, to eat, to eat the sacrifices and to uh, enjoin themselves to Baal Peor and to bow down to their gods, that this all started with a thought in their mind, first and foremost. And then that thought began to materialize and come to fruition in the form of idolatry. And I believe this is true because Yahshua says this in the Kingdom of Heaven Constitution in Matitia or in Matthew 15. And I want to read to us articles 10 through 20. And so Yahshua says this. He says, and he called the multitude and said to them, hear and understand. What goes into the mouth of a man does not defile him, but what comes out of his mouth, that's what defiles a man. Then it says his disciples, his Talmudim came to him, his students, and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees, the Padushim, were offended after they heard this saying? But Yahshua answered and said, Every plant that my heavenly father, King Yahweh, did not plant will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Then Shimon Baryona answered and said to him, explain to us this parable. So make this parable plain to us, basically. And Yahshua said, are you too without understanding? 
Don't you know, don't you yet understand that whatever enters into the mouth goes into the stomach and is cast into the sewer? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, which the heart is a Hebraism for the mind. They come out of the mind and defile the man. Because out of the mind proceed evil thoughts. And I would submit to us that them bowing down and fashioning the golden earrings into a golden calf or apis the bull, that right there, that was an evil thought. And them enjoining themselves to the daughters of Moab, the Moabite women, who turned their hearts away from King Yahweh to bow down to their gods, to eat the sacrificial meals to their gods, and to enjoin themselves with Baal Peor, was also an evil thought in the eyesight of the King of Heaven, uh, Melech Yahweh, King Yahweh. Yahshua says this. He says in Matthew 15, Article 19, because out of the mind, Proceed evil thoughts, thoughts about murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemies, or slandering people. These are the things that defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands, that does not defile a man. And I, I have to throw this in there too, because when Yahshua was talking about food, um, their, their definition of food is definitely all clean food. So he wasn't even talking about um shrimp crab or lobster or pork chops or barbecue ribs pork ribs or anything of that nature but he was talking about clean food according to what he could out on leviticus 11 and deuteronomy or deborim chapter 14 as well and so yeshua also goes on to say this when it comes to our mental ideation, what we think about, and our mind. I want to read this, and this is the book of Maccabee, or the book of Mark 7. And I'm going to start with, let's see. I'm going to start, I want to read articles 15 through 23. And the book of Maccabee, or the book of Mark. And so this is Yahshua, this is like the parallel account, parallel account um, of what we read in Matitya. And so it says in Maccabee or Mark 7, Article 15, actually I'll start at um, 14. It says, and when he called all the people to him, he said to them, listen to me, every one of you, and understand there is nothing from outside a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things that come out of him, those, these things are what defiles a man. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. And when Yahshua entered into the house from the people, his Talmudim, his disciples, asked him concerning this parable. And so Yahshua said to them, are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive or understand that whatever thing is outside that enters into the man cannot defile him? Because it enters not into his heart, which again is Hebraism for the mind, but into his stomach 
and goes into the sewer and it says purging all meats here. And he said, that which comes out of a man, that defiles the man. Because within, out of the heart, the mind, Hebraism for the mind of men, proceed evil thoughts. What type of evil thoughts? Thoughts of adultery, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, which is a Hebraism for being stingy or being tight-fisted, not being charitable or generous. Blasphemy, which is again slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man or defile the man. So, according to Yahshua, really it all begins with a thought. It all begins with our mental ideation. So hearing Dr. Vody Bocum talk about, and also hearing Brandon from the Snipes, uh, the Snipe Life, talk about the second commandment being violated by the chosen. What I would say is that this is definitely true for some, not for all, but for some. Definitely true for those who, when they, if they're praying and they're starting to imagine in their mind, in their mind's eye, Jonathan Rumi, uh, that's definitely problematic. If, they, if their picture, they think about who they call Jesus and they picture Jonathan Rumi, the chosen iteration of the Messiah, of, of this Christ, then that definitely is problematic and that definitely is idolatry. And there's no question about that. Um, and that definitely leads to false worship. If people are worshiping the actors. Um, I, I, I was listening to a YouTube video and listening to the, the Dallas talk. As a matter of fact, Dallas said something very interesting. So Dallas Jenkins is the director of The Chosen. And he says this regarding his own show regarding the chosen. Uh, so this is a quote from, from Dallas. Dallas Jenkins says, most of the content of this show is not directly from scripture, which I mean, he's, he's very um, straightforward when it, and transparent when it comes to that. Uh, so gotta give him credit for that. He says, if you watch episode one of season one, almost none of that is from scripture. If you watch episode two of season two, None of it is from scripture. So ain't none of that from scripture. It's all from the imagination and from the him, Dallas Jenkins and his team taking creative license to fill in these blanks, so to speak. And another quote, Dallas Jenkins said this. He says, up until the chosen, there hadn't really been a definitive portrayal of Jesus' followers. And then he says, it's hard for me to read the Bible without picturing some of those people. Who are those people? Those people are the very own actors that auditioned for the role and they landed the role. The actors who portray Shimon Bar Yona, Metitia, 
Yochanan ben Zebedee, Yaakov ben Zebedee, who they call, um, I think they call him Big James, yeah, Big James, Little James, um, Miriam Magdala, uh, or Miriam, or Mary as they call her, um, who was who was called Lilith in, in the show, um, I believe in, in earlier in season one, uh, before she encountered um, the Chosen's uh, Messiah. Um, and all the characters, um, uh, Eden as well. He says that it's hard for him to read the scriptures now and to, it's hard for him to read them without picturing the characters that, that portray, the actors that portray these characters. And so is, is that problematic? And I, 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 I would definitely say yes, because again, this, this is, a lot of it is not from scripture. And the portrayal of these characters, although they do a masterful, masterful job at making these characters really human and humanizing these the characters, um, including Jonathan Rumi's character uh, as well, but ultimately it's from the imagination, from the mind of Dallas Jenkins. And so when people see Matthew, and I'll be honest with you, Matthew, um, uh, the character, a lot of people, he's probably the second most popular character behind Jonathan Rumi's character, um, because, um, what they do with Matthew is they put him on the spectrum, uh, of like having, um, being autistic and Dallas reasoning of this is that, well, you know, he, he was a numbers guy. He was a tax collector. So he dealt with numbers. He was an outcast from his race. Um, Israelites hated tax collectors because what they would do is they would overcharge their own people and they would pocket the surplus for themselves. And they were viewed as being basically um, sellouts, being traders, because they were not working um, for the benefit of their people or their nation or wanting liberation from this kingdom of Rome occupation. But they were basically in bed with the kingdom of Rome, working alongside this pagan Gentile foreign government this polytheistic uh, government. And so th they were hated by their fellow Yahudim or by their fellow Israelites. Um, so he says, well, he's a numbers guy. And so, um, yeah, boom, because of that, he's, he's, he's on the spectrum. He's on, he probably has uh, Asperger's syndrome or something like that. And so this is, we're not told this within, within scripture. Um, and so this is definitely uh, just Dallas Jenkins taking creative license um, to curate um, this iteration of Matitia, the tax collector. And Dallas, he, he does say that, you know, this show is not a replacement for scripture. Um, but what's very interesting is I had, had an interaction uh, with somebody and we were talking about a Sabbath day's journey. And the person, uh, was was saying well in the chosen they portrayed this as a sabbath day's journey and so even though and i don't think i wouldn't lay this at the at the feet and the fault of dallas but if if, if we and if, we, if we're being honest and if we're being real um if, if you were present you would have present somebody with two options do you want to read this book called the bible or or just any any book in general or do you want to watch this movie that's about this book? This movie has visuals, it has 
sound effects, it has um, cinematic music and story. It has uh, people uh, bringing these characters to life, so to speak. Um, and and you you get to experience this book that has been adapted into a movie, uh, not just visually through your eyes, but also through your ears and in your mind's eye as well. For the most part, unless you're a very avid reader, um, people are going to, for the most part, choose the movie. They're going to, for the most part, choose the miniseries or the television miniseries or the visual. And they're going to be, they're going to gravitate more so, depending on how well it is crafted and written, toward that, as opposed to the book or the written work. Um, and so, uh, even though people have, people have said, uh, you know, yeah, man, I mean, watching The Chosen is, is reignited this flame within me to fact check them and to go into the Bible um, and, and to really study the Bible. Um, and it's really just galvanized me to dig deeper into the faith. So this leads into the last question that I want to share with you all. Um, is the chosen, what is it inviting people to? Is the chosen inviting people, his viewership, to enter the kingdom of heaven? Or is the chosen inviting people into religion? And I would say in venture that the chosen is not inviting people into the kingdom of heaven at all. Even though there's a quote, um, and I saw this, I, I was I was grocery shopping, and I saw this uh, because season four is coming out of The Chosen. And in this magazine, I believe it was, it was Time Magazine, they were quoting, they had the famous quotes from The Chosen. And they were quoting this quote from Jonathan Rumi's character. It's an episode called um, Intensity, Intense City. Um, so some wordplay there. And... In this particular episode, Jonathan Rumi's character says, the kingdom of heaven has arrived, but many in this generation are missing it. And then he turns to the Pharisee and he says to him, point blank, do not miss it. And so what's interesting is that the chosen, they, they when it comes to good news, they got it right. I mean, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They don't say explicitly that, um, the kingdom of heaven has arrived, but but they, they do hint at it. So when it comes to the Basora Tobah, the good news message, um, they they've got it right. That they've gotten it right, according to the to the biblical Hebrew. But I would still submit, and, and that's the tricky part and, and the subtlety of the show, is that they're still not inviting people into the kingdom of heaven, but into a religion. Well, yo, well, why why would you say that? If they're preaching the true original Basora Tobah that Yahshua HaMashiach preached. And so I have two points, two pieces of evidence, two receipts that I want to share with you all before I close out this episode. Um, but while I'm bringing up these receipts, I do want to say this about the chosen as well. That was problematic to me about it is definitely the white supremacy of, of the show. And how is programming in the mind's eye and in the psyche 
of his viewership, doubling down on, on white supremacy and portraying this blonde-haired, blue-eyed messiah, which is a, a false messiah. So that's a false depiction of what the Israelite messiah looked like two millennia ago, walking in Northeast Africa, in Israel, in Galilee, speaking Hebrew, and being born in Bethlehem or Bethlehem. Um, so that's one. The white supremacy is definitely problematic uh, within the show. And if it's causing people to not really read the Bibles, but to subconsciously supplant the chosen with scripture, that's also problematic as well. Um, because we should be better students and we should become becoming more biblically literate, biblically literate um, when it comes to scripture. But also we should be culturally, we should practice cultural literacy. Uh, yes, knowing the culture of the Bible, but also what is even more important than that, I believe, is kingdom literacy and being competent and knowledgeable of kingdoms and how kingdoms work, how they function and how they operate as well. Because when it comes to worship, worship is really reserved only for kingdoms. Because within within the kingdom context and specifically, I'm going to niche it down to the kingdom of heaven because that's what this podcast is all about. In the kingdom of heaven context, Worship is natural within the kingdom of heaven due to the ownership dynamic of the king. Because within a kingdom, specifically within the kingdom of heaven, King Yahweh is the owner. So kings, they're automatically lords or they automatically have this lordship dynamic to them or this ownership dynamic to them. That's why when we read in scripture, we see the Hebrew word Adon, uh, spelled uh, in the Hebrew, Aleph, Dalet, Wa, Nun. Or some people spell it um, Aleph, Aleph, Dalet, Nun. We see this word and it's speaking about somebody being a Lord or somebody being an, an owner. And so this means that the king owns everything and everybody within his kingdom, which is a portmanteau or fusion, a hybrid, hybridization of two words, the king and his domain. So the king owns everything, so every resource, every person, every bird, every tree, every seed, every blade of grass, everything and every resource and every person in his kingdom personally. And so this is what makes the worship dynamic in the kingdom natural normal and necessary because if we truly do appreciate yeah i'll just double checking myself adon spelled aleph dalet wa and nun strong's hebrew uh h113 and it's rendered lord but i believe more a more excellent way to render that is the word owner and so within the kingdom if we truly want to display our worship toward the king, it's easy in the kingdom because when we acknowledge that 
King Yahweh owns everything, as it says in Tehillah 24, Psalms 24, Article 1, the earth belongs to King Yahweh as well, and the fullness of it, the inhabitants and everybody who live on the earth, because King Yahweh created the kingdom of heaven and the earth in Bereshit, or Genesis 1, Article 1. And so by divine creation rights, he owns everything in the kingdom of heaven and everybody, and he owns it. He owns everything and every uh, body in the kingdom of heaven, including all the angels, including the, the, the fallen angels. And he owns everything, every resource, every amount of riches and wealth and prosperity, rubies and gemstones, precious stones and persons on earth as well. And so when we continually acknowledge this and we thank King Yahweh for allowing us to use his things, use his stuff, then worship becomes it becomes very natural, very normal, and very necessary because at every moment we're thanking King Yahweh for allowing us to use his things. Because e even now, as I'm podcasting on this laptop, this laptop was made from materials and minerals that have been fused together, all that all come from earth. Precious stones and um, minerals that have all been put together to create this laptop and different technological advances all come from materials from the earth, which belongs to King Yahweh, uh, with the earth, AKA um, heaven's crown, and it all belongs to, our, to the king of heaven, to our king. And so with that being said, I wanted to bring up these two these two instances of people who are involved with the chosen. One is a viewer, and the other one, he's actually an actor that's in the chosen. And so this is from the website called gulfcoastcatholic.org. And it's, this article is, is written by Max Steele, August 25th, 2023. It's entitled, How the chosen changed my life and deepened my Catholic faith. And so if I scroll, I'm scrolling on my phone. So if I scroll down here, it says in this particular pericope, he says, if you know me, then you know that I'm not a dramatic person. So when I say, that this show changed my life and deepened my Catholic faith, I truly mean it. I've since developed a stronger relationship with my savior, Jesus Christ, and accepted his unconditional love for me. So I just want us to take note that he didn't say that um, it deepened his love for the kingdom of heaven. He said that he deep, it deepened his faith in, deepened his Catholic faith, and Catholic referring to Catholicism, and this being a sect or denomination of Christianity. And so the chosen didn't invite him into the kingdom of heaven or pique his curiosity about the kingdom of heaven. The chosen simply deepened his faith in his pre-existing religion, which happened, just so happened to be Catholicism, which is a flavor or a sectarian group or denominational branch of 
Christianity. And so the last receipt that I want to share with you all is from an actor who's actually on the chosen staff. Um, and this person, he actually plays a character, pretty prominent character. He plays Zebedee. And this guy's name is Nick Shakur. Nick Shakur, who plays Zebedee, no relation to Tupac Shakur. Nick Shakur, he said this in an interview. He's being interviewed by the 700 Club Interactive on YouTube. And, and, and during the conversation, he, he was talking, relaying how um, he became a believer because before he was he was talking to to God, to Elohim, the King Yahweh, and saying, you probably don't even exist. And he said what birthed this comment from him was basically um, he was going through the uh, through tribulation in life and he felt like life was unfair. And so he said, well, you probably don't even exist because if you did, then these bad things wouldn't be happening in life, which I'm sure that's a that's a common rhetoric for many people. Um, and that's a common existential question for a lot of people. They wonder, they uh, question the, the justice and the omnibenevolence of King Yahweh. But he goes on to say in this article on Desert News, uh, this, this website is called uh, desert.com. This article is entitled The Chosen Actor who discovered his faith on set gives an update. This was written December 8th, 2023. So I wanna scroll down here and, okay, I wanna read this part. He says, since making The Chosen, a hit series about the life of Jesus, Shakur said he's seen God's influence with the project. He says, God is mainstream. God is everywhere. So he's mainstreaming all over the place, Shakur told Movie Guy. So it's been unbelievable how one film that Dallas wrote and shot and directed as the birth of Christ was taken and multiplied into what it's become now. It's awesome. In a previous interview with the Desert News on the set of The Chosen in Midlothian, Texas. Shakur, right, Nick, Nick Shakur, he goes on to say this. He opened up about his encounter with God. When he first took the role of Zebedee, he wasn't sure if he believed in God. Then, when filming season one, episode four, Shakur ran around during a scene. He says, and I quote, back then, I described it as this energy swooped in from outside, propped me up, and literally pushed me forward. This energy took over that I couldn't even explain. Of course, now, in hindsight, it was the Holy Spirit, he said. This article goes on to say, Nick Shakur later attended, attended a church conference with his friend Seth. At this church conference, he said he experienced God 
and knew Jesus in that moment. He later learned that a member, this is what I really want to hone in and focus on as I close out this episode. He later learned that a member of the construction crew for the chosen had prayed at an earlier date that an actor would convert to Christianity. And that's the end of the article. So the construction crew member didn't pray for an actor to enter into the kingdom of heaven, to become a kingdom citizen of heaven, and to start obeying the laws of heaven and be a law-abiding kingdom citizen. But he prayed that, that an actor would convert to a religion, a man-made religion, which is not from King Yahweh nor from Yahshua Hamashiach, the Israelite Messiah, but will convert to Christianity. And so that's my take on that question that the chosen, what are they inviting people into? The kingdom of heaven or religion? I would say definitely religion. And a religion specifically called Christianity. And as we read in the earlier article, for some people, it's just deepening their faith and their pre-existing Christian faith, in that particular case, Catholicism. Man, okay. <laughs> that, that was the episode regarding The Chosen, Season 3, Episode 10 on the Kingdom of Sora podcast. And one one last thing I want to share with you all. It's kind of a, a special announcement um, as well. But what I want to share with you all as, as I close out this episode is that uh, recently, the person or the voice that you're hearing right now um, I have made uh, what, I, what I'm calling my, my uh, authorial debut, and I have come out uh, written with the help help of uh, King Yahweh for sure. Uh, written my first, very first book, which is an ebook. It's entitled "Thoughts of a Kingdom Citizen: Earth Needs Heaven: The Original Government." Thoughts of a Kingdom Citizen: Earth Needs Heaven: The Original government. And so I want to ask for you all to pray um, that this ebook will be a blessing to those who read it and that it would definitely cause people to enter into and to experience the kingdom of heaven in their lifetime for themselves. I'm not inviting people into a religion through this book. I'm not inviting them into any Abrahamic religion or any other uh, miscellaneous religion or anything like that. This has nothing to do with religion like this podcast, but it has everything to do with the kingdom of heaven and advancing the kingdom of heaven government and the good news regarding the kingdom of heaven that Yahshua preached. So I ask for you all to pray um, that it will be a blessing to the readership, those who choose to read it as well. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, I'm flirting with the idea of doing like a giveaway 
um, regarding uh, the book. So I'm, I'm entertaining different ideas. I want, want to do something that's fun and creative and innovative to share the book uh, with you all, especially those who have been faithful listeners um, to the podcast as well. Um, and so um, if you all have, have any ideas, you can let me know. Um, uh, you can email me uh, or you can uh, comment here. But you can definitely email me. I'm at Yoel Ben Yisrael at gmail.com. That's Y-O-E-L-B-E-N-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L at gmail.com. And let me know if you all have any ideas um, regarding uh, like, like a free giveaway um, or like a contest or anything like that. Let me know. I'm definitely entertaining different ideas because um, I definitely want to uh, share the book with you all. Uh, especially those who've been listening from day one, uh, the day one listeners, uh, since I was podcasting in the car on a straight, straight talking straight into my cell phone. Um, so I thank you all uh, for your support. I thank you all for your love um, and for your um, encouragement uh, as I continue to do my best to podcast and to spread the good news about the kingdom of heaven. And so until next time, uh, kingdom men, kingdom women, and those who are um, curious and cross-examining their religion with scripture. I pray that this episode has been a blessing to you all. And as always, until next time, as Yahshua the Messiah said, let's all take care to change the way that we think. Let's all take care to change our mind. Because the kingdom of heaven has arrived. And I pray my sincere prayer, plea, and petition is that you become a citizen in the kingdom of heaven during your lifetime. Don't miss it. Don't miss the kingdom of heaven, especially in your generation. Shalom Aleikim and Aleikim Shalom.